I'm Matt Downing, and welcome to Diving Deep EDU. Curious conversations with all types of peeps. Encouraging innovation, we are diving deep. Certainly education is what we like to speak. Fervent with dedication, now it is time to teach. Yeah. The Diving Deep EDU podcast aims at thought-provoking conversations that help listeners dive deeper into educational practices with a focus on teacher retention, recruitment, burnout. Subscribe to the Diving Deep EDU podcast newsletter to get more information about this podcast and these topics. Link is in the show notes. Our guest today is Daphne Gomez. After navigating her own career transition from teaching in 2017, Daphne found a teacher career coach to support other teachers thinking of making a change. She launched the first complete coaching program of its kind, the Teacher Career Coach course in 2019 and also hosts the popular Teacher Career Coach podcast each week. Daphne, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I want to start the conversation off by you telling us a little bit more about the work that you're currently doing. Thank you so much for having me. So I um, right now am currently focused on helping teachers in their transition outside of the classroom. And in addition to my work, helping teachers understand how their experience in education can be leveraged into new roles. Mm -hmm. I also partner with um, companies, hiring managers and CEOs to help them find candidates from this candidate pool and also help to bridge the gaps of how teacher skills actually translate when they're looking to hire for their company. That's interesting. So as you're helping teachers and connect them to different companies, what's a skill that teachers have that companies need that teachers don't realize they have and companies need? Well, I hope that teachers understand that they have this skill, but I think one of the <laughs> most valuable things that you are bringing to whatever role you have is your ability to take complex information and mm. chunk it into bite-sized, actionable, understandable yeah. um, information. So that could be if you're relaying things to a couple of your new hires and you're in charge of onboarding in your new corporate role. That could be implementation as a customer success manager and helping a new client understand how to walk through a new platform that they just purchased from your company. It could be used in a variety of different ways, even in sales positions. But that's one skill that teachers are just really naturally good at mm. that really translate well into a variety of different roles. Yeah, I can definitely see that. So you work with a ton of teachers, helping them transition out of the classroom. As you work with these teachers and think about it, and I know you work with a number of different teachers teachers in all situations are unique for sure. What are some of the main motivations that teachers have, you know, to get them to leave the classroom? There are so many teachers that have been thinking of leaving for the first time in mm -hmm. their lengthy career due to the external pressures, the politicization of the career, um, just the environment and how it has changed in the last few years, kind of taking them away from what this career used to be, how it used to feel, 
in addition to like the politicization and just how things have changed, this has always been a career where I think that people didn't really understand what their options were outside of the classroom. Mm. So when I personally left teaching back in 2017, I really struggled to figure out what my next steps would be because it was like supposed to be this forever career. But mm -hmm. I think a lot of teachers have seen with the change of all their colleagues leaving and all of these news articles of all the places mm -hmm. that teachers are going for the first time in their lives they're actually viewing this as no longer a forever career. They're actually opening up the opportunities in their eyes of, oh, there's different career trajectories that I could take. Yeah. And I realized that I might be the type of person that likes change and just is ready for a change for one reason or mm -hmm. the other. So whether or not they were miserable in their career, they may have the last over or over the last few years started to see examples of other people successfully leaving and realized, that's something that I actually am craving right now. And mm. it's it's actually throughout all different industries. A lot of people have just been evaluating what's going on in their life and seeing if there's something that they can do to make a change, to better their life and feel a little bit better. And then the last big reason is obviously for financial reasons. Um, and especially for all those teachers who have seen their colleagues leave, leave for different roles and realize, wait, they already got a $15,000 pay raise <laughs> to leave teaching. Well, I'm going to have to stay in the career for, you know, 15 more years before mm. I reach the pay raise that they got. So maybe it is time for me to change and look for different, um, different paths. There are so many different reasons. Yeah. And I think the main ones are obviously going to be revolving around the work itself and how the system has been built to put more things on teacher's plate mm. but really haven't done a good job of taking anything off of teacher's plate, especially over the last few years. Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more, the environment, because it's hard to get our head around it, right? We could say, oh, the environment's changed, but there's so many different components of that. So let's dig a little bit more into the environment aspect that you've uh, isolated and brought to the surface. So as we think about teachers and their environment changing in the classroom, in the school, like what do you mean by that? What has actually changed for the teacher in the school? What has actually changed in the environment for the teacher in the classroom? Like you're talking about it's changed today versus maybe 15 years ago. Like, what are some of those differences that you've seen? Yeah. So, I mean, I personally left in 2017 and I honestly went to two different school districts and one of the districts was completely different the way that it handled um, the demands from parents. So I was in a very rich area in Los Angeles. So I had like student actors in my classroom uh -huh. and this is, you know, 2017, but I did have a very vocal and dissatisfied group of gifted and talented parents <laughs> that mm -hmm. were upset that I didn't know how to teach coding um, in additional uh, time that didn't exist on my play or yeah. that I didn't know how to teach classical guitar was one of the <laughs> was one of the requests that they had that they were very disappointed that I didn't know how to teach their students things that they had found at different types of schools and the response that I had from my administrator back then was well, what can you do to alleviate their concerns? And mm. I was so caught off guard because I did not have, um, you know, the support of how to clearly articulate that is not what I'm getting paid for. Yeah, I'm going to differentiate for gifted and talented students and I'm a great teacher, but these demands are unreasonable. And that's only escalated 
in the last few years. And administrators mm-hmm. and, and superintendents are human beings. We can be empathetic towards how difficult their jobs have become as well. But teachers are not being supported. But what's really changed in the last few years is the way that society views teachers, the mm-hmm. demands that they're putting on teachers, and the fear and and parents that teachers are overstepping in ways that are actually, you know, as a former teacher, as someone who loves this community, we know that teachers' hearts are good and we're not grooming to children or trying to teach them yeah. ways to feel bad about themselves. But what we, when we try to articulate this to parents, it's met with more and more demands, more and more demands of what we need to do because the parents are in a stressful situation and they're being fed um, mm. different things, telling them to potentially fear the teachers and it's getting harder and harder. And on top of all of that, the environment's changing when it comes to classroom management. The students are struggling yeah. due to the last three years of what's been going on, what they're seeing inside their homes, what they're seeing outside, what they're seeing on the news. And so they're coming back with different classroom management problems um, that teachers are not able to um, handle with without additional support, without additional resources. And mm-hmm. there's a teacher shortage. There's a bus mm-hmm. driver shortage. There's yeah. all these other things that are contributing to the environment being more and more challenging and just continuing to be putting more and more on teachers' backs every single day and making teachers who truly loved this role completely break and say, I will never set foot in that environment again, just based on how this is happening. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for those examples, giving us insight into the classroom and the change. And as you were speaking, I was also thinking about the extra things on teachers' plates, such as initiatives, like new curriculum, new technology in the classroom, new ways of of teaching. So you sort of started us off talking about how there's these demands from the outside and then administrators and then, you know, the teacher shortage is is bringing more demands on the environment. And then we also have like every time a teacher turns around, it appears like we have a new thing like, OK, learn this. And it might be interesting and it might be cool and it might be helpful, but it's another thing for the teacher to learn. It's another thing for the teacher to do. It's another thing for the teacher to assign. Like I feel for teachers, you know, like we have these learning management systems that do in some way make life easier for teachers. But then in another way, it's another thing for teachers to manage. It's another thing for teachers to do. And I feel really bad for the teachers that are answering emails on their sofa at night, you know, and they also have to learn to shut it off. But like, you know, there's all these connection points for them to be connected to and to connect back to the classroom and have demands on them. So so thanks for bringing that up. So another thing you're doing is you're helping teachers uh, find work outside of the classroom, right? In, mm-hmm. in businesses and all of that. So now I want, I'm wondering about your insight into this. What are teachers finding outside of the classroom that they couldn't find inside, inside the classroom? What are they finding in the jobs that they're going to outside of the school building? And they're thinking, wow, this is great. I didn't have that when I was in the classroom. What are some of those things? Higher pay, respect, autonomy, flexibility, mm-hmm potential are just Mm. the first that come to mind. And I will also say some of them, I have helped thousands at this point. We have a community of over 100,000 teachers who have followed us on our Instagram page or are listening to the Teacher Career Coach podcast. Some of them, a small percentage of them, will say, 
this next role isn't my next thing either, or isn't my forever Hmm. thing anymore. This is my stepping stone. This is Hmm. a job that I'm taking, but you've shown me that change is possible. And now I've even gotten more clarity of what I like, what I don't like. It took me six months in this role or one one year in this role. And then I was able to leverage that into something Hmm. even better. And I think that the teachers that have been changing careers are starting to feel excited about the Hmm. potential, about where they can go, and that there's unlimited opportunities where teaching is one of the few old-fashioned careers that is just like you go into teaching, you're supposed to be a forever teacher. It's like doctor, Hmm. lawyer. There's not a lot of careers that are like that anymore that don't have a lot of different variations of what you can do or where you can go. And teaching absolutely does. You can change grades. You can change school districts. You can change demographics. You can change pedagogy strategies. But what they're finding is a completely different way to utilize the skills that they've built inside of the classroom, but without the stress and the additional pressure and the nonstop workload that teaching Mm. has. The last attribute listed, potential, it's really interesting and sort of jumped out to me. Why do you think schools aren't providing teachers potential like in their work environment? Like they're, they should be having this excitement, this potential within the school. It's supposed to be an exciting place where teachers and students find their potential. Why do you think it's not there? I mean, I think that a lot of it is understanding that the way that teaching is funded, and so this is like a bigger picture yeah. question, is we start to lose motivation when we realize that you can burn yourself out and work 70 hours and the teacher next to you might be phoning it in, mm-hmm. doing, you know, quote unquote, quiet quitting and yeah, still making yeah. the exact same amount as money as you. And they might do mm-hmm. it the next year and they might do it the next year. And, t- you know, admin are not responsible for a teacher's salary. That's based on, um, local taxes and it's based on the way that teaching is funding right now funded right now but what i do think is interesting is when you start to look at the leadership opportunities inside of a school district even those leadership opportunities are usually like voluntold they're not actual Mm -hmm. paid um roles unless you're an instructional coach or you're um working at the school district as like a tech tosa but most of the times that you take on different initiatives it's just an additional thing on your plate and after 10 years after a certain amount of time you're gonna burn out and you're not gonna be as motivated by it that's true for sure is there anything that you think schools could do to bring some of those attributes that you listed into the school, into the classroom? Like you you listed off many different things, like pay is a huge issue. And I think it's, it's very relevant, so I don't want to dismiss it. But you also listed things like potential, respect, and, and a number of others. Is there anything schools can do to bring those into the schools, to bring that into the classroom for the teachers? I mean, I think school districts, hands down, they have to pay attention to the end of the year surveys. They have to pay Mm. attention to their teachers when they complain. There are so many principals that are wonderful people who are trying their best and maybe just need additional training on how to manage, how to manage effectively. Mm. But there are an equal amount of principals that I get messages from teachers who are told, they shouldn't take bereavement days when a loved one passes away oh, because wow. the principal can't take can't figure out how to do subs. There are very That's crazy. There are 
very many terrible stories that I've heard that I could go on and on and on about mm. that I know that school districts know that this is going on, but they're not doing anything to change it. And yeah. it's a lot harder to walk away from leadership that you act you absolutely love. It's harder to walk away from a job where you have the autonomy, autonomy and the flexibility and the 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 salary that you deserve. And teaching just is not it right now. Mm. You've heard a ton of stories, right? Talking to different people, helping them transition either out of the classroom into something else or transition throughout their career. Out of all the people you've worked with, and as we're sitting here right now, I'm going to get you on the spot. Uh, tell us one story that brings a smile to your face. Uh, I'm thinking of one of the teachers that I've interviewed on the podcast that recently reached out. Uh, she was in teaching for 17 years. And so she went through the teacher career coach course and it helped her find a role outside of the classroom for, I think the role that she got was called a training coordinator. I know it's a training position, but I'm yeah. sorry. I'm, I'm foggy on the title right now. But one of the things that she said when I was talking to her on the podcast over and over again was, I was so nervous I was so nervous that I could not do this, but you just made resources that I could like, <laughs> like just listen mm. to and rehearse over and over and over again in interviews. And you articulated how my skills translated in a way that brought me confidence. That word confidence yeah. was the part that really makes me smile because she mm. continues to check in. And one of the most recent check-ins that I've gotten from her is she since leaving she got a pay increase when she left the classroom for her first role, but that company has continued to go on and and promote her to possibilities that she never dreamed of, and she's doubled her teaching salary. And that's, oh, wow. you know, that's one of many, 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 many stories, but I just yeah. remember how much she didn't think that she could do it before and that lack of confidence and being able to really help someone understand that they are valuable and that companies will find you valuable and that you do have potential and that you can still grow even after being in the classroom for that many years. Um, that was just something that happened. I think in the last few weeks is when she sent that follow up of the new salary that she got. Um, so that made me smile. That makes me smile too, thinking about that. We started off uh, in your intro, and I mentioned the teacher career coach course, right? And then since then, we've gone in and we've talked about really getting your insight into why teachers, you know, are leaving the profession. What could be done to keep them in there? What could schools do to learn from this? Like what, what, what? And I'm curious to sort of circle back to that teacher career coach course. Could you tell us a little bit about it? What do you do in that course? What are some of your main objectives? What would someone in that course experience? So the course was really created um, when I left teaching. There was nothing like it out there. So I'll kind of talk a little bit about my own personal story of leaving the classroom. I left back in 2017. And after a few months of a lot of applications and interviewing, I actually landed a really amazing position for one of the largest Fortune 500 companies doing professional development um, at no cost for schools and also speaking at national conferences on behalf of them and their education department. And during that time working for this company, I was there um, over the course of about four years. I met all of these other former teachers that had 
really great jobs, different jobs, different departments. Some of them were really high up in this well-known company and we all connected. We all really um, loved talking to each other about our experiences, how different we were, what different parts of teaching we loved, and also, you know, what parts of teaching we didn't love and how we found our next thing. But what I also noticed during my time in that company was that when I was speaking on behalf of them, I would have teachers follow me out to the parking lot or come up and whisper to me at education conferences and ask <laughs> me, how did you get this job? Hmm. You said you're a former teacher and you're in your thing. How did you get this job? I'm really curious. I'm interested. So it that had sparked an idea of like, I wanted to create a community. I wanted, I was Googling nonstop other jobs for former teachers and I could never find anything on the internet. Zero, not a single website that really shared any resources on it. And then I actually left that job for a little bit and I started doing instructional design. And so what that is, is just building courses for a company, oh. but I was doing it for another really well-known ed tech company. And learning how to create courses and video editing and knowing what I knew about all these teachers who were still asking me, how did you get out? I even had one of my old principals reach out and ask me <laughs> if I could help them get a job. And, you know, I ended up sitting down and thinking, how can I do this, but do this with integrity? Because I've never been on the hiring side at this point in my career. And so, yes, I've gotten these two great jobs and I know what I know. But that's not all there is to this. And so what I did is I sat down and I hired a career coach for tens of thousands of dollars to actually help me create this unique experience specific for teachers, which would walk them through the all the different ways to identify what, a, what the next career path is for you, whether it's just based on salary so we have a spreadsheet of all the former teachers that we could to get share what their entry level starting position is straight from the classroom. So it's like this really great spreadsheet that just says like zero through five years um, in the classroom. This is the job that they ended up getting. And then this is what the salary is. And we have hundreds of yeah. those or doing a deep dive into what parts of teaching you really loved, what parts you didn't love. So a lot of people think right off the bat, oh, I want to be a curriculum writer. And what they'll realize is sitting down at a computer and actually typing out words, they don't like that part. Mm. But then they'll realize, oh, I guess I like building things. And people in my course will start to do career exploration and really understand what it is that is driving them. Do they like the project management components of it? Do they like the data components of it? And then start to use that to do some more career explore, um, exploration. Yeah. It does a deep dive into job descriptions and what hiring managers are looking for and not looking for. And from the last few years when I started, I didn't have hiring experience, but now I've worked directly with companies for the last few years and had these behind the scenes conversations of people saying, I'm writing this into this job description and this is what I mean. And this is what I'm willing to bend on. And they may mm -hmm. say that they want editing experience, but what they mean <laughs> is they are open to people who have editing experience with um, working for the yearbook or editing experience as a grade level leader when it comes to other people are sending you curriculum and then you just say, mm. hey, let's edit and revise this. If you would have put that on your resume, they would have found that as transferable. So I have all these conversations and we start to put all of those resources and walk people through step by step in the course of finding a new career path, 
identifying the companies who are open to hiring um, teachers. And we have a huge list of companies and, you know, their uh, company headquarter locations, their jobs, uh, their jobs page on their website, and then also how to read the job descriptions and then how to actually translate your resume. And this is Mm. part that is the hardest part, but we have a huge library of classroom to corporate uh, translations of how you could just copy and paste it and put it over onto your resume to help you articulate your strengths in a way that a hiring manager is going to understand because they don't know what an IEP is. <laughs> they don't. Um, they don't know that a great level leader means that you were technically managing a small team. Yeah. They don't know that if you created a system for teachers' assistants or onboarding new mm. teachers, they won't understand how that actually translates into the roles unless you articulate it. So we do all the walkthrough on resumes, all the walkthrough on everything you need to know about the timeline of the process, how to best interview, especially when they ask you those questions like, why do you quit? Why are you going to quit teaching? And just everything in between with salary negotiation and a private community where you can connect with other former teachers working on the exact same steps, working towards different career goals, or see some of the former teachers who have already taken the course and connect with them and ask them about their new roles Mm. all on a private platform. That's great. You know, you deal with the resume, but you go so much deeper than that. You go, you thoughtfully think at the beginning and help them through the process to get to that final point. That's really exciting. Thanks for, for sharing that. And I'm sure people that are interested, they can go check out your course at your website and connect with you there. Now you've mentioned a couple of times that you've, you left teaching in 2017 what was it? What was the motivation? What was the reason that caused you to leave teaching in 2017? Yeah, so I um, I always feel like it's so challenging to say this without starting to feel self-conscious because you mm. always, um, you don't want to sound like you're overdramatic or, you're, <laughs> you know, it. I think I think teachers in general are just afraid to really voice it sometimes based on the perceptions of how people are going to um, view them. But honestly, there's no other way to say it, but I really was breaking down mentally. That last year, around December of that last year is when I realized I hadn't felt well for about two and a half years. And Mm. I was constantly feeling worse and worse, but December of that year, I realized that I was in an extremely toxic work environment. The parents, the the um, administration, it had gotten to me to a point that I started finding myself. I went to the doctor at least three different times with really strange, weird um, stress-related illnesses is what the doctors would end up kind of coming back to me with. I found myself bawling uncontrollably on the way to school on multiple occasions or when the students were out at recess, I would find myself crying just when I would have like a moment to myself. I'd just start crying and then trying to like clean up and put makeup on. And so towards the end of that year, March, I just started to tell a couple of my closest colleagues, I don't know what the next step is going to be, but it's just not going to be teaching. I just have to take Mm. a break from it. Something about it is just like not working for me. And I'm strong. I'm tough. I'm able to figure things out. And just for some reason, I was broken and I knew I needed to take a break. 
And then once I finally distanced myself from the career, I was able to look back and see the different types of things that didn't work for me. I can tell knowing myself now, I am overstimulated when it comes to sound. And I know you and I have actually had a couple of instances on this (laughs) podcast where I'm like, oh no, there's some sound going on that's going to distract me. But that actually heightens me and I start to feel very overwhelmed and very stressed out. And it's just something that I've realized more and more from distance from the career that Mm. I was, I have a hard time thinking and I'm really hypersensitive to sound. So if a lot of students are talking or um, out of turn, it's not just a classroom management thing. It actually heightens my, my stress level. And then on top of it, if other things are happening, it's even worse. I'm already in Mm. kind of this like fight or flight mode based on that. There's, Mm. um, a lot of the always being on and the decision fatigue that just doesn't work well with the way that I work. I really like being able to sit down and solve complex problems, but have a good amount of time to be able to do that. But with teaching, there's always 10 different, 20 different things to do. And so what I really realized that I like doing is I like building things. I like teaching people. I like um, doing things that I know impact people in a positive way, but teaching isn't the only way that I can achieve that. And I can do it in different ways and ways that, um, you know, are better for my mental health. I'm not yeah. taking uh, poop from no one. That was my censored version for your podcast. <laughs> but I'm, I'm not um, subjecting myself to people who are talking down to me like I'm lesser mm. than just based on their perception of what the career is. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for being vulnerable. You know, thanks for being authentic. Those examples really resonated with me. And I think they resonated with a lot of our listeners that either have experienced that or could relate to what that might feel like in the classroom. So thanks for, thanks for doing that. Daphne, it's time for the final word. What would you like to say to close out this podcast? Uh, For any teachers who have listened this far, they probably are evaluating leaving the classroom if they made it through this entire podcast episode. And so I want to prepare them for some of the big and very valid emotions that they're going to feel. There's going to be guilt. You may actually start to grieve your identity as a teacher or the state of education may never be the same again based on your perception of what's going on right now. But I want to give you some motivation that it's okay to put yourself first and to prioritize yourself and your own well-being mm. because you are the only person who will do that. So you are the only person who can save you and do what's best for you. And it's okay for you to do something even if it does negatively impact someone else because you have put a lot into this career and you are a good person and mm-hmm. you'll be a good person even if you leave. You'll still impact other people's lives. You'll still be a wonderful human being. And so it is absolutely okay for you to leave if you are feeling those big feelings. Before we end, who do you want to give a shout out to? I'm going to give a shout out to my dogs, Gus and Charlie, because they're being good boys in the crate. They have embarked for moments. So they're my shout outs for today. Yeah, they they did they did well. I thought they were going to be barking the whole time, but they uh, they behaved themselves really nicely. So thank you, Gus and, and Marley or? Charlie. Daphne, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast and all of your insight. Listeners, thank you for joining us on the Diving Deep EDU podcast. If you liked this episode, subscribe, rate, review, and share it out. Until next time.
Wow, it's time to reflect. That's astounding. You've been checking out the podcast from Matthew Downing. Hope you like diving deep like a scuba diver. And the show provoked hope. That's our true desire.